friend and a sister who like to run, in my opinion, obscene lengths of time. They like to run 50 miles, 100 mile races, things that I look at and go, if you're going to go that far, why not just drive? And you can tell it's important to them. Right? It might be because they want to see just how far they can go. They want to see how far they can push their, their own limits. You can tell it's important to them because they set aside blocks of time in order to train and, and do it. I remember once I, I was up in Wisconsin and I stayed overnight at my sister's house. I had an early flight to catch, so I think I got up at 5. She had already been riding her bike in her apartment for an hour. And had two or three more hours left to go. I just, I shook my head. It's not, you can tell that it's important to them, not only by the amount of time they set aside to do it, but the, the money they spend. Right? You quickly realize that if you're going to run any sort of distance, you can't just do it in cotton shorts and a regular t-shirt. But in order to keep yourself from chafing and any number of other things, you're going to buy good shoes, you're going to buy shorts and shirts and hats, and you're going to buy all sorts of gels and other things in order to keep yourself healthy and that you might have energy to go whatever distance you're running. They spend money. And they like to talk about it. And not in a, in a weird way, like all they want to talk about is running or whatever, but it's one where if you are their friend or someone close to you, they, they want to tell you the things that are important to them. And so they talk about perhaps a, a race that's coming up or, or something that happened to them on their latest run or something you know, that, that they were doing, this new piece of clothing or the new Garmin watch they bought and how it can track 900 different things about how they're running. They do all those, of those things because they have something that's important to them and you can tell it's important to them because of the priority that they give it in life. You can tell it's a priority in life because they spend time, they spend money, and they enjoy talking about it. What are those things that are a priority in your life? Right, you can think of those same three questions or those same three points and, and, and begin to apply it and say, there might be things that I say are important, but if I'm not spending a great deal of time on it or a great deal of, of money or effort and I'm not telling people about it, my guess is it's kind of low on the priority list, right? Because those things that are important to us become priorities in life. They are the things that we say, this is important to me, so I'm going to set aside a block of time in order to do it. It may require me to, to lay out some cash in order to to, to, to foster this hobby or whatever it might be. It's something that I'm going to be excited about and want to tell others about. What are those things in your life? It might be a, a, a leisure activity or a hobby, huh? I enjoy woodworking. It's fun to do. I, I might set aside a block of time to do it. Turns out tools are expensive. Right? I enjoy talking to people or showing people the bench I made in my, in our, my, my kitchen. 
It, it might be for you and your, it might be your family for you. Right? The amount of time that you spend with your family, the things that you want to do with them, they might cost money. You're, laying, you're, you're looking and saying, I might have to save up in order to pay for these things. It might be sports. Right? Just a, a simple look and a simple, uh, yeah, a look at, at what you are spending your time, your money on, what you enjoy, talking to people out, begins to reveal What's important in your life? What is a priority? The, apostle, or the writer to the Hebrews uses that picture of a race as a way of encouraging us as children of God to make sure that we have the most important thing as the priority in our life. And he uses that picture of a race in a unique unique way. Listen how he he starts out. He says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that that cloud of witnesses that the the writer to the Hebrews is talking about, in in Hebrews chapter 11, he had just gone through that heroes of faith chapter where he he recounts for believers all the, the believers that have gone before us. Right? And he talks about Adam and Eve and Noah and Abraham and David. And, and, he, and he sums up and says, you have this great cloud of witnesses, this great cloud of fellow believers who have gone before you and run the race you are running. And it's almost as though he's, he's picturing in his mind something like you might see like at the Olympics, right? Where the crowds, the, the stands are full of people cheering on those who are running the race. And he says, with that great cloud of witnesses, those those brothers and sisters in Christ who have gone before you, cheering you on, this is what he says, right? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. As children of God, the writer to the Hebrews describes our life as a race. And as we heard in our children's message, the goal for us in running this life is to get to to heaven, right? And if we're going to achieve that goal, if we are going to run that race, it needs to be important. Right? The priority in life. And so that priority in life for the child of God, getting to heaven is going to begin to show itself in how we live. And so the writer to the Hebrews gives us some help, some helps as far as how to run our race. Right? First he says, Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. My close friend and my sister both have special running shoes they wear. Special shorts, shirts. They're not running in red wing work boots. They're not running in jeans, long dresses, sweaters, or anything of the like. Because if they did, what would happen? Have you tried running in work boots? You get maybe three steps, and then you're going to be on your knees or in your, on your face. And even if you don't, 
How many steps do you want to take in big work boots? As few as possible. Right? The, the, the writer to the Hebrews is saying, as you think of a race, you want to take off all of those things that are going to trip you up, that are going to entangle you on your race. You want to get rid of the things that are going to hinder you because your focus is on getting to heaven. So what are those distractions that hinder us, that sin that so easily entangles suppose for each of us it's going to be our own we're going to each have our own list right those those distractions that for whatever reason keep us from keeping our eyes focused on what's most important in this life and that list could include many good and important things but that suddenly gets slid into that most important spot right that that keep us from being in worship regularly or in bible class or sunday school Right, that, that keep us from setting aside blocks of time to, to read and study God's word individually or as a family. It can be any number of good and important things. But even good and important things can distract us. Or you think of the sin that so easily entangles and trips us up on our way to heaven. Could be pornography. Greed. Anger selfishness right you could look at and say all those things that that trip us up on our way to heaven those things that that keep us up at night and then the guilt that comes along with all of those sins the, the guilt that recognizes those sins and says i should be doing better i see it and, and yet i keep doing it the guilt that, that goes along with, I know this should be more important in my life, and I want it to be important in my life, but it seems as though no matter how hard I try to make it a priority, I stumble. And other things take its place, and suddenly it's neglected to the dark corners of my life, and that's not where I want it. Right, the writer to the Hebrews says, as a child of God, on your way to heaven, as you're running this race, let's free ourselves from all that hinders us. Right, from the sin that so easily entangles us. In your mind, keep what's most important, the most important thing. And then he says, the second help, right, run with perseverance the race marked out for you. You know what perseverance is? One way it was described is, is this. Perseverance means holding out under stress, not slowing down or stopping for any reason. Right? I'm going to persevere. I'm going I'm to push through. Right? The, you, you think of a, a race, and especially longer races. There are times in which you run and as you're running, your body begins to tell you, we're done. We don't want to run anymore. Your legs begin to ache and they say, no more movement, let's sit. Your mind might even begin playing games with you. Where there's part of your mind that says, this is ridiculous, why are we still running? And my, my friend and my sister both say, 
that at that point, there's that other part of your mind that says, be quiet, we are running. That's perseverance, isn't it? That's that perseverance that says, I understand things are hard and difficult right now, or things might be really good right now, but this is what we are doing, this is what's most important, and so we are going to to push through, and we're not going to stop for any reason, but we are going to run with perseverance this race. That's the picture the writer to the Hebrews has for us. He says, "As, as children of God on your way to heaven, there are going to be difficulties and hardships and things that make you want to stop. And you mix in that with, then with that all those hindrances, right? All that sin that easily entangles. And suddenly, running this race isn't something easy. It's not as though we start on the top of the hill and it's a, a downhill jog all the way to the finish line. But it's hard. It's really hard. And so the writer to the Hebrews encourages us, run with perseverance. Right, as those difficulties and things in life come up, don't give up, but run with perseverance the race that God has marked out for you. Now you hear those helps that the writer to the Hebrews gives to us, right? Throwing off the, all that encumbers us, the sin that so easily entangles us. He says, run with perseverance. And you go, that's all fine and well when things are good. But what about it when those times when things are hard? And that's where the writer to the Hebrews' next words are so important. Because ultimately, what the writers to the Hebrews does is he says, here are some helps for you as far as running your race. And the only way these two things work is if you do this third thing. And what are the very next words the writer to the Hebrew says? Fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on your Savior. And then those helps begin to make a little bit more sense. Right? We, we fix our eyes on our Savior. And you think of how that helps us deal with all those distractions that try to hinder us, the sin that so easily entangles us. And we fix our eyes on our Savior, and what do we see? We see someone who came and ran a race whose only goal and purpose was to save us. You think of all the different temptations and things that the distractions that the devil put in front of our Savior in order to to distract him from that one single goal, recognizing that all he had to do was get Jesus to stumble once in that race, and our salvation was history. We fix our eyes on our Savior, and we see that, that perfect Savior who came and ran the race and didn't run unencumbered but instead took the burden of all of our sins and ran with all of our sins to the cross a a savior who who paid the punishment that our distractions our lack of priorities our misplaced priorities all deserved a a savior who comes to us now and says you're forgiven we fix our eyes on our savior And we see the one who 
who takes our distractions and the sin that so easily entangles us and forgives us. A Savior who then gives us an example of what it's like to avoid distraction and keep the most important thing, the most important thing. Right, when we fix our eyes on our Savior, we see a, a one who ran with perseverance. Right, who, it wasn't easy to, to bear the, the weight of our sins and the sins of the world, and yet he did it because of his great love for you and me. Who didn't get halfway through his life here on earth, or halfway through bearing our sin, and then gave up and said, it's too hard, I'm done but one who pushed through the end in order to make sure that not only would our sins be forgiven, but that you and I would be able to enjoy an eternal life in heaven. That's who we fix our eyes on. And when we fix our eyes on our Savior, it begins to help us with the distractions of life, It begins to help us with the sin that so easily entangles. It begins to help us get our priorities right. Right? Because we begin to look and say, if I keep my eyes focused on my Savior and what He's done for me and the strength He gives me, suddenly I stop looking to other places for security in life, like we heard last week. Right? When I keep my eyes focused on my Savior and and what He's done for me. And I have in my heart a a, a growing desire to to, to continually go back to my Savior. Suddenly, setting aside a block of time to, to read and study God's Word daily. While it still might be a challenge, if it's important to me, it's something I begin to do. It means I I recognize the importance of of being here in worship regularly. In other words, being here in worship more times than I'm not. Because that's how I show that it's a priority in my life. I'm setting aside time to do it. Right? As I focus and fix my eyes on my Savior, suddenly those conversations I have with my Heavenly Father are a lot more important. Because I'm going to be talking to him about all the things that try to distract me, all the sin that tries to entangle me, the difficulties in life that make it hard for me to run with perseverance. But as a child of God, if I, if I keep my eyes focused on my Savior and what he's won for me, then that becomes a bit more important, doesn't it? In fact, as I fix my eyes on my Savior all those essential characteristics of the child of God begin to fall into place, don't they? Because as a child of God, I'm saying this now is what's most important. And if this is what's most important, how I spend my time, how I spend my money, what I talk to other people about, begins to reflect the priorities I have in my life. As you fix your eyes on your Savior then, our Savior promises at the very end of our text, you will not grow weary and lose heart. 
because we're fixing our eyes on the, the, the one who saved us, the one who strengthens us. As you run with perseverance, the race God has marked out for you and your life, as you face those difficulties and the sin that so easily entangles and all the distractions that life here on earth brings, fix your eyes on your Savior. Amen. And our Savior Lutheran Church is located on the south side of Birmingham off Highway 280. We are on Dunnett Valley Road, about three quarters of a mile east of Treetop Family Adventure and Sports Blast. Our Sunday services begin at 1015 with Sunday School and Bible Class at 9 o'clock. We welcome visitors and hope to see you soon. For more information, please visit our website at OurSaviorBirmingham.com. Click on Sermons at the top of the page for a copy of today's service folder. You can also find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.